After those painfully awkward minutes, waiting for him to run my ID, he returned and handed it back. He said, turns out you're not wanted by anyone but your family. Gave me a smile, a head nod, and told me I could go. I was free to go, no ticket. And why? Because I wasn't black. I wasn't one of those Indians. I was ticket free because I was white. That is discretionary authority. Discretionary authority in a generic definition is appointed bureaucrats choosing courses of action and making policies that are not spelled out in advance by law. More specifically for law enforcement, discretionary authority is a decision-making process in which officers evaluate the situation they intervene and choose a course of action from among a set of alternatives. This includes several forms of authority, stops, frisk, search, arrest, tickets, and the use of physical force. Police officers are given the right and opportunity to act according to their discretion. Basically, they have leeway on which they can rely as they make choices that impact the people they're policing. One author, Jim Trebold, says, it allows the law to be more flexible to ensure that the spirit of the law is satisfied. The criticism is that discretion can lead to unfairness on the basis of race, gender, and religion. But others say it's not even happening and there's little data to support any unfair application of discretion. For example, one study done in Savannah, Georgia, observed officers on 132 eight-hour shifts, during which time the officers formed suspicion 174 times. Out of those, 103 were stopped. The observers studied the officer's decision-making in two aspects, the officer becoming suspicious of the individual and the officer making a stop based on the suspicion. Out of the 103, there was no correlative data to support that individuals based on gender, race, or socioeconomic status were stopped at a different rate. The conclusion? Officers were equally likely to stop individuals, whether they were female or male, African-American or white, low or high socioeconomic status. But then how does that justify the disproportionate numbers of incarcerated individuals that demonstrate just the opposite? Another article, while in favor of mild use of discretionary authority, claims that most studies have failed to find differences pertaining to race and gender and arrest and stop rates, and officers are more likely to use force on members of their own race. Arguments denying the existence of discretionary authority in the studies showing no effects are polarized from those that explain that discretionary authority has a place in law enforcement. So where is the truth? Is it in studies like Savannah, or is it in the statistics? Discretion is used in several types of decision-making, such as patrol decisions like level of force used and decision to make an arrest. It's used in order maintenance decisions like dispute resolution and social service referrals. It comes into play with criminal investigations, how and which cases will lead to an investigation, what resources will be used. Also in administrative decisions like law enforcement and officer morale, public opinion. There are situational factors like seriousness of an offense and prior record, race and gender influences, individual characteristics. The 
organizational style of the police department and political climate. For those reasons, there is an argument that it serves positive functions, such as exercising professional judgment, effective use of resources, individualized justice, and the development of sound public policy. One article even suggests that without discretion, the criminal justice system would be overwhelmed with cases, result in public displeasure, and could lead to the lack of resources needed for efficient service. So with discretion, police service is more efficient in prosecuting charges that are limited to only those that matter. One researcher, Papinski, suggests Commentaries have generally overlooked the following properties of police discretion. It's required by accountability. It consists of unexplained variation in police discretion. It does not contribute to the overwhelming class bias in policing. It is increased by the imposition of laws, regulations, and rules. And lastly, its creation is necessary for reducing the injustice of policing. Furthermore, it is crucial to recognize that although discretion can be exercised unjustly. Papinski states that there can be no justice without discretion. Analysts who support the use of discretionary authority consistently out outline the same positive effect. The use of discretion allows the police officer the flexibility necessary to perform his job. It also allows the police officer to quickly interpret the applicable statutory law and then act upon determination. The use of discretion helps to foster police and judicial economy. If the police had to consult with other officers or go to a judge every time they needed to make a determination, this would not only drain the economy, but the overall law enforcement and judicial system. It is important to remember that police agencies operate within a complex environment, consisting of the nature of the local community, federal legislation, policy, procedure, program, local, public, and private resources, and public opinion, thus making the environment a primary factor to drive decision-making and the insertion of discretionary authority to match the perceived needs and demands of the environment. It's easy to say that officers use discretionary authority for a variety of reasons, prosecutor pressure, politics, promotion or career advancement, and community expectations. Community expectations play a large role. In the past five years, the town I live in, Temecula, a bedroom community north of San Diego, has seen an increase in homeless population. Residents are outraged. The pressure from the community on the city and law enforcement to remove people experiencing homelessness has been intense. At city hall meetings, residents tell stories about stolen mail and missing bicycles from their front porches and needles at the local parks. They yell and protest, we are the taxpayers, and you work for us. You aren't protecting us from these people who don't have a right to be here. How come we, as law-abiding citizens, have to deal with the scum? So the city responded with creating a special task force called HOT, the Homeless Outreach Team. I had the opportunity to sit down with a city official and the supervising officer from HOT to ask what the goals of this new task force are and how I can be a part. How can I help inform residents what resources are available and what the program is working on? How can we work together as a community as a whole? I was told the goals of HOT were to create relationships with both transient and resident homeless, help connect them with resources and family, 
I heard great stories about reuniting parents and children and successful substance abuse treatments and how many bus tickets they'd paid for to send folks back home to a family member that could help them. But when I was scrolling through social media just the other day, I read a post from the city's police department about how they had taken yet another homeless person to jail for stealing a kid's bicycle. With a clear assumption of guilt, the post blasts a picture across social media of the homeless man in handcuffs. I can't help but wonder if they've lost sight of their goals or if the pressure they continue to face from the community is starting to affect their judgment. Jail for a bicycle? Would an arrest have been the outcome if it was not a homeless person being accused? One thought is that too much discretion can be dangerous. Promoting discrimination, unpredictability, injustice, allowing implicit bias to drive decision-making. Implicit bias refers to the attitude or stereotypes that affect our understanding, actions, and decisions in an unconscious manner. These biases are activated involuntarily and without an individual's awareness or intentional control, like in the case with my trooper. It can be problematic for both the interest of justice and effectiveness of police at large, and some say discrimination is perhaps the most dangerous consequence of excessive police discretion. Police concern is often centered on police abuse or misuse of discretion. Potential abuses include denial of due process, problems with public community relations, personnel management, planning and policy development, and discretion can lead officers to fabricate evidence, look for guilt rather than truth, like in my Border Patrol stop, summarize statements with bias and handle exhibits poorly and fail to disclose evidence. Ultimately, goals can be ambiguous and create conflicts between client-oriented goals and social engineering goals, organizational center goals, Law enforcement can use discretionary authority to follow their own objectives and meet targets and apply their own personal prejudices. This leaves officers themselves open to scrutiny, resented in the community, and distrusted by minorities. According to a study from the Cato Institute, there's a large gap in the level of trust that white people and non-white people have in law enforcement. The study found that 40% of black respondents as compared to 68% of white respondents, viewed the police favorably. Black respondents were more than twice as likely to respond that police tactics are generally too harsh and police are too quick to use force. 64% of the white respondents believe that police treat everyone equally as compared to the 31% of the black response. A police officer survey revealed that more than half of black officers agree that whites receive better treatment than blacks, which is a striking difference to the 17% of white officers who believe that there is a difference in treatment. 